welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. We're live. And we are live. All right, so we got another Q&A today. We're start started off with any announcements? No announcements. Um, actually, yeah, uh, Black Friday is coming up. Yep. Um, when this airs, it'll be a week away because this airs next week, right? And I think Black Friday is the week after that. I thought it was two, but either way, it's either this. Oh, no, no, either, you're right. You're okay, right. You're right. Say, this is the fourteenth this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's either happening. Black Friday is either happening right now or <laughs> as you're no, listening no. to this. No, or, a week away. Okay, so you're a week away. Um. Good, perfect time. I'm glad I remember this. Um, you are going to have the best opportunity you could potentially have to get into the Taylor Trainer uh, on Black Friday. Um, so we don't discount our coaching just because I don't believe in devaluing a service that I uh, put on such a pedestal. I think coaching is so valuable. But the Taylor Trainer, I am willing to discount. Uh, and you can get a six-month or a 12-month, so half a year or a full year, paid in full, Um at a massive discount. I want to say it's like 20 something percent, mm-hmm. which is a lot off when you look at the year. And if you look at it, it's, it's almost, I want to say it's like, it's under $500. So a year of training, imagine having a trainer for a full year for less than $500. Like that's crazy. Days. When I was training people in person, two times a week, they were paying $500 that's a month. A, that's not, that's less than $2 a day. Uh, 364. No, that's, Less, yeah, but the normal rate is fifty seven, which is less than two dollars a day. Okay, um, that's why it's like less than a cup of coffee a day, basically. Yeah. Especially if you go to Starbucks, <laughs> but um, but no, this one is. I want to say that the uh, I want to say it's two sixty five and four sixty five. Don't quote me on that, but just look for that next week. It'll go live probably Thanksgiving, and it'll go from um, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then all the way to Cyber Monday. Um, and it's, and it's, again, you get access to the portal, you get access to the community, you get access to the app and you have periodized intelligent training programming done for you every day of the week for up to a year for less, far less than you would pay for a trainer per month. Yeah. So, um, jump on that guys. That is like the one black Friday sale we're doing this year. Nope. Other than that, just questions. Cool, man. Uh, we are going to start it off today with M null fit. They say, uh, I love listening to your Q&As and wanted to let you know I appreciate you both. I am recovered and weight weight restored from an eating disorder. I gained about 30 pounds in the past year, which was necessary for my health, but I'm unhappy with my body. I've been lifting for about three and a half years, so I I have a good amount of muscle mass. I don't want to lose any weight, but rather look different, more muscular, and lean at my current weight. When gaining weight, I was in a surplus and progressive overloading in the gym. Now I am eating at maintenance and maintaining my current physique. What should I? What should be, What should my next steps be to maintain my weight but alter my body composition? So basically, looking to recomp, but I don't think maintaining. So like this is one of those scenarios where 
she gained some weight. Some of it was muscle. Mm-hmm. But now she wants to recomp. She wants to look leaner, but she doesn't really want to change her weight is what she's saying. The problem with that is is building – if you're – so she's uh, – how old did she say she was? Did she say how old she was? Um, nope. Okay, never mind. I'm thinking of a different question that said how old they were. But she said she didn't. She didn't really want to change her weight. She just yep. wants to recomp, uh, mm-hmm. alter her body composition. Um, I don't think you can get around not losing weight. Like I think that if you were to maintain your weight and recomp, you would be gaining so much muscle at such a fast rate that it's just like it's you would need drugs to do that. Um, this is where like recomp is one of two things. Recomp is something where you get lean first. And then you recomp, so you you build muscle and recomp, as in you build muscle and you maintain fat. Yeah. Because if you build muscle and you don't add any fat to your body, then your body fat percentage lowers because your muscle mass increases. Totally. Right. So your total body mass is different. Um, technically, that's a, a recomp. You're mm-hmm. building muscle and lowering your body fat percentage, but you really didn't lose any body fat. Yeah. It's just that you look better and you have a lower percentage of body fat because you're building more muscle. Um. Or it is doing both in certain periods of time because there are periods of the day where you're going to be burning fat and there's periods of time where you're going to be anabolic and and building muscle, but it's like stretched over a year, you know, like you're going so slow. Um, But I don't really recommend like, uh, and although you can recomp a little bit. So if somebody has, did she say how much weight she wanted to lose? Well, she said she, uh, she gained 30 pounds in a year. Um, so she, you have to basically determine how much of that is muscle should, yeah. and then lose the rest. Yeah. Because in order, like you can build muscle while losing fat, but if you're advanced, if you've been training a lot, it's, it's not that likely to happen. If anything, you just want to maintain muscle. So what I would do is go, okay, over the last year you gained 30 pounds. Let's say 10 of that is muscle, which would be solid. 10 pounds in a year of muscle is really good. Okay. Well, the goal is to lose 20 pounds and maintain that 10 pounds of muscle, which means that we just need to intelligently approach fat loss and then once we get to the end goal then you reverse to a maintenance period where you can try to focus on recomp how can i build muscle without adding fat so my body fat percentage lowers my muscle uh, percentage increases and that's technically recomp but i think she's a stage away from that Mm. as of right now yeah does that make sense totally um yeah i just i think there's a lot of people that uh i mean to an extent like and and i'd have to see her physique because i don't want to say it's unrealistic but like Imagine if, like, I finished my bulk, and I was like, all right, man, I want to I do a photo shoot. want to completely change the way I look, you know, which is my goal, but I don't want to lose any weight. Like, he would have to fucking pull some magic to, to simultaneously build a lot of muscle for me to maintain that 184 pounds but be really lean. Yeah. You know, because I gained 16 pounds during that phase. So there's no, like, I'm going to, I'm probably going to lose 16 pounds total again. And then I'm just going to be a little bit bigger than I was last time, you know? Um, but again, I, it's unrealistic for me to say, like, I don't want to change my weight. Right. Yeah. So. Good. Um, but I don't know if that, that really gives her a solution. What was her ending question? <laughs> what, what's, what should my ne- next steps be to maintain my weight, but alter my body? Oh. So. I would probably, uh, I, I would probably move in the direction of, of fat loss and weight loss. I think it'd be smarter to plan a deficit that's not harmful to your physiology, so it's not unhealthy. Just approach it from a slow perspective and just slowly chip away at it um, and get leaner while maintaining muscle tissue. I think that's probably your best bet. I don't think recomp is, is in the cards right now. Yeah. Um, you might be able to build low muscle while you're burning fat, but it's it's not likely. Totally. You know? 
All right. Uh, next question comes from Julie. I'm at the top of my maintenance range and eating an untracked meal about once a week, trying to build muscle. My weight is averaging two pounds gained since starting six weeks ago. Measurements staying about the same. Is this a good rate of gain? This question's kind of a jumping back and forth. <laughs> I'm getting more of a pump in the gym and going on reps and weight pretty consistently. Um, she also proceeded to tell me like her height, her weight, her age, all that stuff. And I think, I mean, it's kind of, she kind of answered her own question, you know, like yeah. it, if she, she's gaining and she's feeling good, things are going up in the gym. She's able to do more. You're killing it. Yeah. You know, and I think two pounds in six weeks is pretty good. That's, uh, I don't know how exactly that's a little bit less than a, a half a pound a week, I think, which is, which is good. I think yeah. any faster than that, I would start to um question or get worried about too much fat gain during a bulk like i think if you're going like a pound a week a couple pounds a week then you're you're just putting fat on so i even think for guys half a pound a week is good you know that's a good rate of gain um that's two pounds a month so for her two pounds six weeks is probably ideal because two pounds a month for a guy who has higher testosterone levels higher cortisol level or sorry um higher growth hormone levels and has more muscle tissue to start with to train harder. And do, you know what I mean? Like men are set up to build more muscle anyway. Yeah. So you're going to be going at a little slower rate. So I think that's, I think that's perfect. And and I think it's good to just, just keep monitoring biofeedback. Keep looking at pumps in the gym is actually a really good indicator of, of growth. If you stop having pumps in the gym, um, that's usually when I'm like, all right, we either a, need to take a, a deload. We need to change up the style of training. So stop doing high volume, high reps. Let's, let's move to like a low volume phase, resensitize the muscles, um, or change up the diet, maybe even do like a mini cut and then pull them back into the, the bulk. Because if you're fueling your body properly and you're giving it the training stimulus it needs, you, you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be lacking pumps in the gym. Yeah. So Again, I don't know if there was even a question at the end. Of that. Is she, oh, is this a good gate rate of, a rate of gain? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think it is, especially for a female. Good. Uh, next question is uh, from Daria Einhorn. She says, "Hello, I love your podcast. I'm I'm a Pilates and yoga instructor and teach five to six groups per week. The way I teach is is that I actually perform all exercises." So it's a high rep, lightweight, body weight, mostly workout one hour long. Interesting. I burn between four to 500 calories per workout, which is more than I burn during my strength training sessions in the gym. I go twice a week and feel more sore after Pilates than the gym where I do 12 to 10 to 12 reps, medium heavyweights. I also run 5k every day to get my steps in, be outside and remain sane. <laughs> I have three boys in zoom school. Shay. Uh, how do you structure personal workout schedule for group class trainers? I'd like to gain muscle, but can't go to the gym more than two days a week. The, the hard part about this is she's doing a lot of things that are counterintuitive to building muscle. High intensity group classes are predominantly cardio. So you're doing a ton of cardio. You're burning a ton of calories, which when you burn that many calories, it's all, it's hard to even get you into a surplus because you have to eat so much food to gain. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you're running every day, which again, if somebody's trying to gain, I'm like, hey, let's limit cardio because we don't want to be burning too much. Um, and the more energy you put into cardio, it's the less time you have for energy to put into strength training. So my advice would be stop running 
um, continue doing the classes because that's what you get paid to do. That's your job. Um, and do three days a week of full body strength training, low volume. Because if you're in a class doing 12, 15, 20 high rep stuff, don't go in the gym and do 12, 15, 20 high rep stuff, right? Um, a high volume program probably wouldn't work that well. Do something completely opposite from what your body's already adapted to. Mm -hmm. So rather than doing high volume, high rep stuff, I would go in doing your big compound lifts, just trying to build strength, squat, bench, deadlift, some kind of heavy row, um, and then maybe some accessory work. Do that two to three times a week and keep the reps below six. Totally. And and just try to get strong. You know, like perfect world, I would say, like let's say you're doing uh, three days. One day you're doing uh, an incline bench. One day you're doing overhead press. One day you're doing a flat bench. One day you're doing a front squat. One day you're doing a back squat. One day you're doing like a box squat or a, a leg press. One day you're doing an RDL. One day you're doing a hip thrust. One day you're doing a strength-based deadlift. And then switch up the rows, like a pull-down, a CDK row, and then like a dumbbell row. So you're changing the variation, but you're really just doing push-pull, push-pull, right? Because yeah. like a squat and a bench press are push, deadlift and a row or pull. Um, you're hitting the fundamentals. You can track progress in those really easily, so you can see progression made over time, progressive overload. Um, and I think usually for people in this situ situation um, – doing lower rep stuff, even though it's, it's typically, it's not theoretically the best thing for muscle hypertrophy. Usually that leads to more growth because it's so different from what they've ever done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think there's, there's value in that novelty stimulus of like doing something just completely different. Totally. Um, but the best route to go is, is I would probably, you have to go into a little bit of surplus. So find your maintenance, eat like five to 10% over that in calories, probably via carbs, take out the cardio, uh, that you're doing in the morning with the running and do three days a week of training instead of the running. Um, that'll help keep your sanity as well. You know, like, I mean, exercise is exercise. Yeah. So if you're running because it's just kind of keeps your mind going and keeps stress at bay, spend that time weightlifting, you know, five miles, like shit. I don't know how long it takes to run five miles, but you're spending some time running yeah. every day. That's crazy. So spend 30 minutes to an hour in the gym three or four times a week instead um, to do less cardio, do things or that are walk. more or walk. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, but still like strength training is going to, is more conducive to the goal she has. Yeah. But sh I think she's saying she gets out of the house while like, you know, Oh yeah. hundred percent. But kids that's, are at school or whatever. But that's what I'm saying. Go to the gym. Yeah. You know, get out of the house and go to the gym and, and lift, yeah. um, because you're going to get more out of that. Um, and then obviously you can't do anything about Pilates, yeah. but yeah, like I've worked with people that are like, uh, spin, yeah, instructors and it's the same thing I'm like fuck you're burning so many calories every day the hard part about them is that they're constantly in this position so it's like we got to do a ton of posterior chain because your hip flexors and your shoulders are so tight yeah so we just open you up lots of deadlifts lots of rows lots of like glute ham work um uh, extensors in the back upper back stuff like that and just low low volume heavy weight stuff for for people like them that are doing constant because if we look at the energy systems used, like if you're doing a 20 rep squat or a 15 rep squat, um, even like 15 reps and below is getting a little more anaerobic. But like if we look at the different energy systems that are used for like low rep, heavy strength work, and then like really high rep or like muscular endurance work, like what she's doing, uh, they're they're on two different spectrums. So if you're like playing in the middle or leaning more towards that same spectrum you're already used to, like use tap into the other energy system, which is anaerobic. It's fueled by ATP and it's going to build more muscle anyway. Totally. Um, so you just have to make more time for it. Yeah. Cut out the cardio. Yep. Nice. All right. Um, next one comes from Anna 
dehunt. During maintenance weeks, what would be the best type of cardio to perform? Hit or lists? And why? Hmm. During maintenance weeks. It doesn't matter. So this the hard part about this question is I asked her because it was an Instagram question. She didn't respond. But what does she mean by maintenance week? You know, like if it's a diet break because it's just a week at maintenance, do whatever you've been doing. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Um, but if we're talking about a maintenance phase where that could be four, five, six weeks, you know, you're taking a full phase into maintenance. Um, again, I don't think it really matters. Calorie expenditures, calorie expenditures. So it kind of depends on what you're after with that. So what I do when I'm in a maintenance phase or a growth phase, like a building phase, it's going to be, um, both. It's going to be a combination. I'm going to do one high intensity day and one low intensity day. So again, I can use both energy systems, which is going to help my metabolism. It's going to help nutrient absorption. It's going to help energy in my lifts. It's going to help recovery in my lifts. So during a maintenance phase, to me, it's like, I'm not doing this cardio to burn calories because I'm either trying to maintain my weight or I'm trying to gain size. So I don't really give a shit about burning more calories through cardio. Rather, I'm doing this to support recovery, performance, fuel, substrates in my body, and just basically get better at lifting, which is the thing that's going to help me build more muscle. Yeah. Um, so I think at maintenance, like you can, I would say like doing some conditioning work. So like there's a spectrum between low, moderate, and high intensity and kind of working around across that spectrum. So if you're doing one session a week, you can alternate low, moderate, high, low, moderate, high. Or if you're doing two a week, you can go like low, moderate, and then the next week high, low, and like just kind of keep alternating them. Mm -hmm. um, either way, like the goal really is, is you're trying to improve performance. And I think that's the main thing you should be focused on during a maintenance or a gaining phase. Um, during fat loss phase, it's really like, what can you adhere to? You know, yeah. and if, if you're in a maintenance phase and you're like, I need to do something to burn enough calories to maintain this weight because, you know, like, so if somebody's doing 10,000 steps a day and they're eating 2000 calories yeah. and they know that doing those 10,000 steps helps them maintain that weight and they would rather keep doing that instead of dropping calories. Cause let's say they're like, I don't feel like doing all these steps. I'm going to only do 5,000. Well, your caloric expenditure is going to drop. So you've okay. got to lower the calories. So if you don't want to eat less, you got to keep doing that. I think low intensity neat is the best way to go because then it's like, just get up and take a couple walks throughout the day whenever you can just to hit that number. And it's yep. easy to track. Yeah. Right. We know we're hitting 10,000 steps. It's, it's a, it's a metric that's easy to look at. Calories burned is very inaccurate no matter what device you're using. So it's kind of harder to rely on that. Yeah. Which is why like in a bodybuilding prep, a lot of times we will use step count or like time. So like, Hey, your cardio is going to be walking on an inclined treadmill for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then when we need to increase, we go 35 and then we go 40 and then we go add another session, right? Like, because if we do calories burned, it could be different depending on the machine could be different depending on your, what you ate that day, your hormones, your sleep, your stress, like everything. You know what I mean? We don't know how much calories we're actually burning. Um, some people can get an estimate if it's like a really good device, but, um, but yeah, I think it really doesn't matter. But I would say like, usually if somebody's in a maintenance phase, not just a diet break, I'm going for like a combination of different intensities because that's what's going to lead to the best performance in recovery for those lifting sessions that I'm doing. Totally. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, we got one from Jen. It says, are there any populations that should not take creatine? Are there any populations? Like certain types of people? Yeah. <laughs> Do you recommend 
You're so funny, bro. There's like certain things that you never hear, so you think are funny. I've yeah. heard that phrase so many times. Really? In, in this industry. Yeah. Or like when the protein thing that you were laughing at, that one yeah. podcast, I can't remember what it was, how it was said. Oh. I think it was like used pro, used protein powder or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And you're laughing and I'm like, what are you talking about? She uses about? protein powder every day. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, that's I'm like, yeah, so do I. I was thinking, <laughs> so people in that live in... Anchorage, Alaska can't take creatine. You know, like oh, a territory God, yeah. of people, like, like a population, like a ge- geographical territory. Or yeah, territory, um, yeah. Well, no, because we we talk about like you know Gen Pop, yeah. and then athletic population, and then elderly population, stuff okay. like that. Um, so there's more to the question. Oh, okay. Yeah, are there any populations that should not take creatine? Do you recommend it for any athlete str- trying to get stronger? I yes, I do recommend it to any athlete trying to get stronger. I think Definitely. it's it's one of the most proven supplements. The two most studied drugs slash supplements in the performance realm are going to be creatine and caffeine, and they both work. Caffeine mm-hmm. pre, creatine post. It just it it just works, you know. So um, I do recommend it. The only times I'm I'm hesitant is if anybody has a pre existing uh, kidney issue mm. because you can have some filtration issues and you can have some. Um, you can have some issues with processing that through your kidneys and your kidneys don't work properly. Um, so I would watch out for that. Otherwise there's not many populations I would ever even worry about. The thing with stuff like this is like, it's most likely safe for most people. I mean, I have, uh, I have my dad taking it. Like it's, it's tons of people can take it. You know, even they have studies on youth kids, like having a higher IQ when they supplement with creatine because brain activity increases in, in production and stuff like that. So, um, cause they're generating better energy and ATP and glucose to the brain and so on and so forth. Mm. But so like youth athletes, great. Like teen athletes, great. Adult athletes, great. Older people, great. Uh, fat loss, great. Ath- athletes, great. Muscle growth, great. Like everything. It's like really fine. Kidney issues, be careful in any other serious medical concern. Go see your doctor. Yeah. That's just like one of those things where like just, a put a like a safety hazard note on this podcast but like <laughs> trainers in general or people if you're interested in taking supplements number one go to examine.com they have so much information on Research. there and then number two ask your doctor so if you have a pre-existing autoimmune disease which is not always the case because i have multiple clients who have autoimmune diseases who do supplement with creatine they're fine but if you have something that's serious like that go ask your doctor there's just no reason not to just check you yeah. know creatine's not gonna it's not like a magic trick where it's going to, you're just going to blow up from it. So like you can wait, like it's not, you know, yeah. something you have to be like, I need to get creatine to, to reach my goal. It's yeah. Like, I mean, it'll help. It'll help. Yeah. yeah. And most good supplements are like that. Most good supplements are like, yeah, it'll help, but it's not like you're a not game gonna, changer. Yeah. You're not going to notice. Yeah. Drugs are the only game changer. Yeah. You start taking drugs. You're going to notice pretty fucking quickly. Damn. But, and it's always like, uh, it, it's funny when you don't see somebody. I obviously I have more experience with this just being the century. You don't see somebody in a while and they start taking drugs when you haven't seen them. Yeah. Like you don't see them for a year and then you come back Holy and they're just jacked and you're yeah. like, wait, what? I've been working just as hard, man. What the fuck? You know, but it's like, oh, there you go. Which is fine. I mean, I, yeah. I don't care. As long as you, as long as you're open about it. Yeah. Then I think it's fine. Cause I have plenty of friends that, that use and they're healthy. This it's not an issue and it's like, cool. But if you tell me you're natural, I think that's because you the, embarrassed of it or no, that's just a lot. Oh yeah. Like are people, yeah, I th- I think so. Yeah. It's less common now. It was way more common. They used to have this thing, uh, like, uh, called fake natties 
and it would be like Natty is like your natural, right? And oh. there's all these like insp- Instagram bodybuilders and stuff that were natties, mm-hmm. but they weren't really. They were really taking steroids behind the scenes, and so people sort of called them fake natties, and it was like this big thing. Not as much anymore because most people realize like now like steroids really aren't unhealthy unless you're doing it on the level of like Mr. Olympia where you're it's it's not like oh I'm taking some testosterone you know because most men actually need testosterone to be healthy so there's a lot of guys who are above the age of 30 that I'm like you should be taking testosterone because it would be healthy for you and your doctor will give it to you and that's technically a steroid Mm. right but that's going to help you live longer it's going to help support your metabolism support your sex drive support brain function memory everything Mm. um and then there's this umbrella of steroids that are you got to be worried about, which is where, like, Mr. Olympia, those dudes that just get so fucking huge, like, it's, like, unreal. Those people are not just taking steroids. Or, I mean, sorry, not just taking testosterone. They're taking testosterone and growth hormone and insulin injections, and, like, the list goes on. Um, trend, like, there's just tons of shit. Estrogen blockers, like, they're just throwing all these things to, like, combat and, and boost other things. Like, it's... Dude, it's a science project. It's crazy when you hear people. It's actually really interesting if you hear people talking about it who are really in that realm, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, but that's that's a whole different ballgame. And what happens there is, is, I mean, their hearts start to grow. Their bones start to grow. Their kidneys start to grow. Their liver starts to grow because those are tissues in the body. So if you take enough steroids of all these different things, everything is going to grow. Mm. And that's where you have issues because your your heart can only grow so much, your stomach can only grow so much, and then you fucking die. Yeah. You know? But um, there's a big misconception about it just because people don't understand what steroids are. Totally. You go get TRT. I have clients on TRT, and I'm like, thank God, you're so much better off for it. Yeah. But you don't look like a freak of nature. You yeah. just look like you should. Yep. You know? Like you work hard in the gym. It's healthy. Yeah. Er. I'll probably get on TRT once I'm old and my my levels start to tank. I'm I'm still What's the in definition of old. Twenty nine. So Whoa. next next year. <laughs> I'm just playing. Easy, <laughs> dude. Oh You're like, God. bro. I'm thirty. <laughs> um, oh. So I mean, probably in my thirties. Probably before I'm forty. I would Im- imagine. I watch my testosterone levels pretty closely. Like I get them tested like twice a year. And, um, they were lower than I wanted them to do. And I started doing as many natural things as I could to improve them with just sleep, training, nutrition, Mm -hmm. supplementation, um, and just prioritizing it. And I brought them back up to a place where I'm like, I'm good there. Like they're not like maxed out to where I'm going to get jacked, but they're maxed out from a health perspective. So, you know, over the course of between 30 to 40, if I start seeing them drop, I'm just going to go get TRT. Cause it's like, why not through the doctor hit me with a, prick once a week you're good because you don't have to do like a full like steroid needle and inject mm. a bunch of shit into you for yeah. trt like there's some people that it's just like because it's such a small dosage you can almost use even like one of those it's almost like an insulin prick that's what yep. it feels like from the explanations i've had from friends for sure just pop in you're good yeah but crazy yeah i, I have a client that uh, that really like got me to start digging into it i still work with them because he he finally was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it because I've been trying to do all this natural stuff. And he like, he he's doing better at his job. He's better in his relationship. He feels way better. His nutrition is, is like, didn't change at all. But what he eats is working better for him mm. because his body's just running on all cylinders, you know. Yeah. And he built Accepting it more. Burnt fat, built muscle. He looked better. Like, it was like, damn, that's, and it just like, just a little bit of testosterone to get you back to where you should be. As a real man, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. crazy. Probably shooting but. guns and stuff. <laughs> shooting guns and drinking whiskey. Yeah. 
with a cigar in your mouth. Oh, man, shit. Yeah, I'm not a huge cigar guy. That's disgusting. Mm. Fucking speaking of whiskey, I did that podcast earlier with, uh, they call him the mad scientist of strength training, Chris yeah. Duffin. Oh, yeah. Um, he he was like using examples of why he got that nickname because he makes these bars. like Madman scientist? Uh, the mad scientist of strength training. Oh, okay. Chris Duffin. So mad scientist, Chris Duffin. Um, he, so like those like specialty bars that we have out there, they're like mimicked off of his company. Mm. Like his company is like the, the original, they provide all the barbells for the NBA, the mo- 80% the of the, 80% of the strength coaches in the NBA, MLB, NFL, they all use their products, like wow. super legit company. And that's one of the reasons why they call him mad science. He was an engineer who went into the strength world and started making these bars. Oh, but he also does, like, random shit. He was like, it's, like, whiskey and deadlifts. Like, it helps your deadlift. And I, like, laughed. And he's like, no, there's, like, legitimate science behind having a little bit of whiskey right before you deadlift. Like, I don't know if it's a neural thing or what. But, it like, there's, like, science that proves it yeah. will help you deadlift yeah. more. And he was like, now, it's, it's not good for your health. Yeah, it's a mental blockage. It, it's not good for your health. But it will help you deadlift more because of X, Y, Z. And yeah. I can't – you have to listen to the podcast when it airs to, to understand why. But it's – He's like, you can get carried away with that, and then you're just drunk. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking, what? why else do people drink a little bit or drink anything a little bit before other reasons? Not to just drink, but I'm saying, like... Nerves. <laughs> yeah. Nerves is a big before one. Before you ask your in-laws to propose their daughter. Yeah. Take a <laughs> shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, the nerves. Yeah. Deadlift. Like, yeah. for... What I'm thinking, like competition, you're just like go out there and say, "Fuck it, here I go." Yeah, or whiskey and just, <sighs> yeah, you know, exactly. You know, nerves. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. I think he, he had some scientific chemical interaction in your brain yeah. that, but I think it all ultimately boils down to that. Yeah, let's relieve some of this anxiety before I lift 500 pounds. Absolutely. Up <laughs> yeah, but that dude's crazy. He's deadlifted and squatted a thousand pounds. Yeah, that's each. That doesn't sound healthy. It's insane. Nobody's <laughs> ever done that before. Both. There's people that have deadlifted a hundred thousand, and there's deadlifted people that have squatted. While he was squatting. No, oh. but like, there's people who are like meant to deadlift. And there's people who are meant to squat, just from a mechanics perspective. But nobody's been able to squat a thousand and deadlift a thousand. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Eat to Evolve. This is one of our podcast sponsors that hooks me up with the best meals that I've ever had from a meal prep service because they're never frozen, they're always fresh, and they never taste like that microwave garbage that you get from most companies or the kind that you cook yourself. Because if you're anything like me, you suck at cooking, you hate cooking, you don't have the right Tupperwares, and they never reheat the same way. But I haven't experienced that with Eat to Evolve, and I can't recommend them to my clients, my members, even my family and my team enough. So if you want to save 20% on your first order and check out their breakfast options, their dinner entrees, they have grab-and-go snacks, they have bags of different trail mixes, so many good options that follow so many different diets, whether you're a paleo eater, you're a keto eater, you're a high-carb eater, you're a high-protein, you're tracking your macros it doesn't matter. They have something for you. And again, you can not only save 20% on your first order, but you'll get free shipping nationwide when you order over $100 in one setting, which is really easy to do if you're hooking up most of your meals. So once again, guys, that's eat2evolve.us, a proud sponsor of this podcast, and I am endorsing this. I cannot recommend them enough. They are my go-to source for lunches, and now they're yours too. Without any further ado, let's jump back into the podcast. And we're back. We are back. Little, little interruption. Sorry, UPS guys. guy. UPS guy. Who they always bang so hard. Yeah. On the door. They're uh, the other 
last week, someone brought something and, uh, uh, he like tried to come in. He just tried to go right, come right into the office, you know. And because the the handles the way it is out there, he just starts like. Fucking I thought he was slamming on the glass. Well, that guy did. I'm oh. talking about the last week. The guy just tried to walk right in. He was like <laughs> fucking jiggling the door. I'm like, this isn't just a random storefront that you can yeah. just waltz into. But nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. Yeah. yeah. So like that's the hard part is because at first you get pissed. You're like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? You're barging yeah. into my room. Yeah. It's like, oh wait. But when they. Make deliveries at other places. They, that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was funny because so, so uh, they bang on the door and it was the, the UPS guy. He brought the Sorenex machine. So we ordered a lat pull down slash seated cable row, which I'm honestly so excited to get up. Um, I hate that we have to build it now that it's here. But because when he sent me a picture of it before they shipped it, I was completely put together. So oh. they put it together to make sure it works, which is actually good service. Like they make sure all the parts are there and everything. Then they take it down and send it. So I was like, oh, sick. I figured, like, you know, it, it'll come in one big box, and we'll just slap yeah. on the seat, and we'll be good. But it looks like we have some building to do. Oh, I was nice. like, fuck. But I'm super excited about it because it's, it's just a – that's a heavy-duty piece of equipment that yeah. we – I mean, I ordered that, dude, like pre-COVID. Dude, I ordered it a long time ago, months ago. Damn. But they build them from scratch. So when I ordered it, he's like, what colors do you want it? Like, ah, I don't want to pay for extra colors, dude. Just give me the basic. And he was like, no, like, that's just, that's what we do. We build it from scratch. No extra charge. What colors do you want? Extra charge. He's like, here's the color palette. Just tons of colors. I was like, oh, shit. Well, of course, I just did black and gray. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't want, like, green out there. And yeah. Here. Nothing else is green. Um, So I did black and gray. And then he was like, all right, can you send me your logo? Because we're going to, like, weld a, a logo on it. I was like, what? So it's got this, like, big circle. And it has the tailored coaching method logo, like, embroidered Have you seen in. it? He sent me a picture of it. Oh, dope. Um, but dude, Joe Rogan, his new gym down in Texas, Sorenex is who did it for him. Sick. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> he has green and he has, uh, instead of tailored coaching like logo, he has aliens. They're like little alien faces all over everything. It's Weirdo. fucking hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, but they do the, uh, anybody listening who's just into like uh, gym aesthetics, I'll call it, like the way a gym looks, mm-hmm. follow Sorenex on Instagram. S-O-R-I-N-E-X. They do like Notre Dame's weight room. They do the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, a bunch of different colleges and baseball teams and stuff like that. Yeah, dude. So like Notre Dame, everything's their colors with their logos. Yeah. Um, They did the Chargers and it was like all blue and yellow shit. Super dope. The Navy's like a light blue. The Air Force is like a dark green, I think. So dope. That is sick. And they make crazy things. Like there was this one I saw, their gym had like a, like pillars inside, you know, mm-hmm. and they built a cable machine that was circular that went around the pillar. So the pillar had shit coming off of it. Whoa. Yeah. It was trippy. Super custom. Yeah. They're like, they're legit. Um, and they're not more expensive than non-customization companies. That's the crazy part. Whoa. Yeah. Like when I got the quote, cause I got quotes from three different places and, uh, they were cheaper than the other one, or they were the same price as the other one, but the other one, I'm not going to drop names and talk shit yeah. about somebody, but they were like, do you want a seat with it? And I'm like, of course. Why would I have a lap pull down and just like an empty metal thing without a seat there? And he's like, okay, that's an extra $150. Do you want any handles? I'm like, what am I supposed to do with it if it doesn't have handles? Okay, that's an extra $200. And he's just like, at, I'm like, bro, so you're telling me, I look, what do I pay for yeah. before that, you know? Um, and then the other company was the cable. a little cheaper, but it was cheaper quality too. Yeah. Sorenex was the same as the other company, but they gave me a seat. Yeah. <laughs> they customized it for me, like super dope. And have I get nothing out of recommending them. Have people, you ever f- flown 
Uh, first of all, have you flown like a super shitty airline, like Spirit? Spirit. You've flown Spirit? Oh my god, it was the worst experience of my life. When? Uh, I was going to Vegas. <laughs> dude, like back in the day, I was. I just did like, not expect you to say yes. Oh yeah, dude. I ever since then, I've never flown anything but Alaska. Yeah. Um, I've flown uh, Virgin Airlines one time because I had to, which great experience. Love them. Which is. Uh, Virgin Airlines. Now Alaska. Oh, they, Alaska owns them? Yeah. That's probably why, because yeah. I ordered through Alaska, but I got on that one. Yeah. I think I've been on Delta once, too. Yeah. But um, but I did Spirit because it was just fucking dirt cheap. I was yeah. like, damn, I can fly to Vegas for 70 bucks? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, my knees were touching the seat in front of me. Yeah. And I'm not a big person. Dude, it was such a bad experience. But I've heard, I've heard, like, I've never flown them. I never will. But I've heard, like, rumors what, I don't know what you call them, but that, that you have to like accusations, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that like, you have to like every single thing you do, do you want to check in early or you have to like, you want to pay, you, you got to pay yeah. extra, like to use the bathroom, you got to oh, pay. Yeah. Do you have a bag? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got to pay. It's yeah. Like, what? Alaska I mean, gives me a free bag checked every single time. You yeah, got to pay have, for a carry on. You have to pay for a carry on on Alaska too. But if you have the credit card, you have free carry on. Oh, that's or no, 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 no. Free checked. Yeah, yeah, you have to pay for a carry-on of Spirit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not for Alaska, sorry. No. Um, Alaska, you usually have to pay unless you have the credit card. I have the, cre- the Alaska for card. For checked. For checked. Yes. So I have Alaska card, so I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that was, and it, like the turbulence was bad. Like it was just a bad experience, yeah. man. I remember one time coming home from Vegas, and I was on Alaska, and it was a, it was was there was a thunderstorm here. And I was on my way home, and we were landing. And dude, it was the sketchiest landing. Whoa. Crazy turbulence, hitting the floor, coming. Like, whoa. To the point where I'm, I'm not an overly religious person. I was yeah. praying, <laughs> literally fucking praying, hands together. Damn. And airplanes I was, are not. Dude, I was so scared. Yeah. I was freaking out. And this is like a few years ago. And so a few years ago, I watched Lost twice in a row. I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> like afraid of flying ever since then. And uh, the the reason I knew like it wasn't just me being like a wimp, but like as we landed and we like safe landed, it got quiet and the whole fucking place started cheering, Damn. clapping, screaming, like just applauding because they were so happy because oh everybody was so yeah. fucking scared. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I don't know if anybody is from the Seattle area, but um, my dad used to work for Alaska Airlines for many, many years. And so anyway, we used to fly from Seattle to Yakima all the time. Oh yeah. And that is one of the worst flights. Just going over the Cascades like we've had like decline descents, like instant, like and backup turbulence, not turbulence, but like drop, whoa, elevation and stop. Are you on one of those charter planes, the smaller ones? Yeah, like with like a little Horizon uh, prop plane. Yeah, because I, I flew one of those from Portland to Washington. Exactly. Yeah, at a layover. I hate those. Yeah, because the turbulence is worse the smaller the plane. Absolutely. Um, yeah. When I flew on, have you flown on Thomas's? No. Private jet. No horrible turbulence. Oh no. Because it's, it's a small plane. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I, dude, I was freaking out. Everybody, Thomas is sleeping. His parents oh. are reading a book. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm 15. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to fucking die. Damn. That shit was crazy. Yeah. But same with, same with float planes. Float plane. Oh, the ones that go on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that's what they're called. Yeah. Seaplanes. Yeah. Okay. Call yeah. Them what you no, want. no idea. Yeah. I just called them the planes that land on the water. All um, right. Well, this is not, the start of a new episode? No, so. this is not. This is, uh, we were interrupted by the guy bringing us the lap pull down who didn't have a, any way of getting it to us, yeah. which is another funny thing. Knocks on the door. Hey, I have this huge package. <laughs> Do you guys got a forklift? <laughs> what? No. Why would we have a forklift? And then uh, the bro across the street came over. Yeah. That was hilarious. That was awesome. I told Shannon, I was like, I, I got to give you a play-by-play. <laughs> it was like the, <laughs> the funniest situation ever. 
He's like, man, you can use the forklift anytime, bro. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's the daily thing. Yeah. So like we don't get lap pull downs every day. But um, yeah. All no right, cool, man. Do. Let's, let's, let's uh, answer some questions. Yeah, we got a long one here. Is from Marlene Bordry. Um, says I am 54 year old woman that has always ran and lifted two years ago. I tore both meniscus in a 200 mile race and decided not to have surgery. First of all, holy shit. 200 miles. I didn't want to talk about this too much before we started recording because that's like insane. Okay. 200 miles, 200 miles. What does it take to get Seattle's like what? 50 miles away. Maybe. Yeah. Like and we're deep from Seattle. It's probably like Portland to Washington. Yeah. Oh, no, to Portland's right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Portland to here or yeah. something. Yeah. Portland to Puyallup. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. Running, running. No thanks. Uh, there's. We should look up Zach. Uh, can you pull up Google real quick? Yeah. Look up Zach Bitter. Max yep. distance or whatever. See how far he's ran. Because that guy does like the the he. I think he's the like the world champ of like. How long can you run? How long can you force Gump? Oh, 100-mile run in 11 hours. Oh, so he had a time. At 11 hours and 19 minutes, Zach Bitter recently set the world record for the 100-mile run at a pace of 6 minutes and 48 seconds per mile. For 100. So I wonder if she, is she saying 200 miles straight or she accumulated 200 miles of running through marathons? I think she's saying straight because... It says what's two the, years ago, what's the I longest tore, marathon you can run. I don't know. Two years. I'll look it up in a sec. Two years ago, I tore both meniscus in a two hundred mile race. Fuck. And decided not to have surgery. So, yeah. Okay, two hundred miles. We get it. It's long. Yeah. But both meniscus. Yeah, that's brutal. Ouch. All right, Marlene. I have rehabbed one knee and have no issues. The other knee has now deceased range of motion, and I have stinging pain in both legs. I've had my thyroid checked and a full metabolic panel done as well as liver tested since I am going through menopause. I have put on about 30 pounds despite continuing to bike every day and lift three days a week. I can't sleep more than five hours at a time and end up waking up exhausted. I am following your menopause guide as well. Please help. I eat primarily fruits, veggies, seeds, and lean protein. No weight loss. I also intermittently fast approximately 15 to 16 hours a day. I probably wouldn't fast just because I get nutrients in your body. I'm I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of intermittent fasting, especially in situations where you have, I mean, the thing is, is like intermittent fasting may help with, uh, perimenopausal women. So there is a a plus side to it, but I would, from based on what you said your diet is, uh, I would probably try to focus on getting some more healthy fats in that might help with the joint pain. Um, you're the type of person that can supplement with the little things that, don't make a difference for some people, but make that 1% change in some people, like supplementing with curcumin or turmeric, which is an anti-inflammatory herb that mm-hmm. you use in cooking, but you can take it as a supplement to help with joint inflammation. You can take glucosamine. You can take fish oil. Like all those things you should be doubling down on. Um, even collagen will help. Um, collagen was like overly hyped. I don't think it's as great of a supplement as, as companies market it as because it's not a complete protein. However, there are studies that show it helps with tendons, ligaments, bones, joints, um, even hair growth, skin, all that stuff, repair process. So it's like, why not? For people who are injured, I think it does help. It's, yeah. it's a beneficial thing. Um, and uh, speaking of which, uh, a collagen company hit us up. Vital Proteins, have you ever heard of them? It's mm-hmm. out of Costco. Really big company. Oh. Yeah, they reached out. They want to send us a bunch of stuff. And 
do something. SpongeBob. It's like dope. I was Sick. like, I used to buy your shit at Costco. Yeah. The time, then I stopped. Actually, Kaiza got me into it because mm. she was sponsored okay. by them years ago. Um, but uh, so I would probably supplement with that stuff. I would also go get another MRI because speaking from three meniscus tears and one knee, I had my first tear, had surgery. I tore it again, didn't have surgery, and I had way less range of motion in it and sometimes a pain and that would have that clicking where basically your meniscus is like a pad and it's a U-shape and I had a bucket handle tear. So it was tore in the middle and pushed in between the joint, right? So I would pop my leg and it would pop back out to normal and then I would get it stuck and I would be like, Mm -hmm. I can't move and I'd have to like pop my leg and it would go and pop right back out. Um, So I was basically just like playing around with my meniscus. But I, but because there was inflammation on that, I couldn't squat past parallel. Like I could never deep squat. It was always split squats. Or I just ignored it. And then uh, one time it popped in and I tried to pop it out and it ripped all the way through. So that was the third time I actually tore it, uh, tore it completely. So I, technically I tore it like two and a half times, if you want to say. And uh, I went and had surgery. And But when I went in, they were like, man, your meniscus has been torn for like Three, three to five years at yeah. least. It's just like mush in there now. We're probably just going to take it out and you're going to have bone on bone. It'll be fine. But in five years, you'll probably have arthritis and you'll need a knee replacement. I was like, fuck, I'm 27 at this yeah. point. You know, like I'm going to get a knee replacement at early 30s. But they they were like, but we don't know what we're going to do. If we can salvage it, we will. We'll let you know when you wake up. <laughs> Put me under. I woke up and I'm like, so what happened? And they were like, yeah, we were able to fix it. Now, I mean, you saw me squatting the other day, throw 300 pounds on my back, ass to grass. Like I'm squatting deeper and stronger than I've ever squatted in my life. And it's because I went back and had another MRI and they were like, oh yeah, this is torn. Like you've had it torn and you've been so like, the reason I'm saying this to you is mine got to a point that it was so bad I couldn't walk, but you're at a point where it might actually be retorn, right? Or what happened to me, they fixed it. It didn't heal properly. And then it tore again because it was so it was so fragile and I just never did anything about it um so I would definitely try to go fix that and I would cut out running for a while just because that's really repetitive on the joints Mm -hmm. but um go go test that out because I can't say enough about you know a lot of times people try to avoid surgery but it like changed my life dude like I can crawl around with Blakely without pain now I'm way more mobile I can do way better lifting I don't have any pain I have less back issues now because I don't have a fucked up knee Mm because when my knee was fucked up I compensate in my movement patterns and then my low back would be hurt you know so changed my life but um go get that checked out for sure as far as trying to lose that weight you know menopause or not you're probably going to need a calorie deficit. There's yeah. basically two ways to go about this. You can use intermittent fasting. You still focus on uh, cruciferous, fib- fibrous f- uh, fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, all the stuff that we talked about in the menopausal podcast because really it's just it's whole foods. It's really nutrient-dense foods. But you got to create a calorie deficit and you got to stay really consistent. The only other way to go about it is to, uh, like we talked about, G-flux, right? Eat more and do more. So you could increase calories, eat a little bit more carbs, more protein, uh, more fibrous veggies, and then you can train more, but I don't think you're in a position to do that based on the injury. Mm-hmm. So you just have to create a little bit bigger of a deficit and manage stress. I would implement more anti-inflammatory foods and supplements. Um, and yeah, it's Legion has a really good joint supplement that I take every day that I really like. And I'm kind of in a place where my joints are good now, but I still take all the joint health stuff just to make sure that my joints stay healthy, you For know, sure. uh, but they have one called fortify. Um, 
So, uh, I mean, there's an ad in this podcast, I'm pretty sure. But if you go to buylegion.com slash boom, boom, you'll see it. I think it's on my list of like the supplements I take, but it's called Fortify. It's for your joints. Um, highly recommend that curcumin, collagen, all those kind of things, fish oil. Um, and yeah, just, I would go get it checked out again. For and sure. then for the weight loss, it's just, it really is just creating deficit. You know, I think that, and if you, and here's, here's what I would say too. This is the last thing I'll say. If you're, if you're listening to this and you say, I hope you're listening to this because you asked the question, but if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm doing that, right? Like I'm already eating really keen. I, I'm in a deficit. Like I feel like I'm really in deficit. I'm barely eating. Like I can't figure this out. Reach out to one of our coaches. Yeah. Like it's, it's, that's what we do is we, we help people who have quote unquote tried it all. You know, like the amount of times we've had people come to us that are like, oh, I've tried everything. It just won't work. I can't lose weight. Right? Or oh, my genetics won't let me lose weight. Whatever it may be. And we still get them to lose weight. It's insane. Yeah. Almost everybody. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, even for us, I guarantee there's things that we want in our life that we can say like, oh, I've tried. Yeah. It's like, have you really though? You know yeah. what I mean? Like we can always do more or do things more intelligently. I think yeah, exactly. And I think that's why not using your own brain and relying on other people that specialize in it can absolutely help you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, shit, I, I hire out or outsource or learn from so many people about a lot of different things, a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, even training and nutrition, you yeah. know, like, um, so yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's, uh, one of those things I would do that with the, uh, the knee, feel free to reach out to me personally. Uh, my email is Cody at tailored If you want to talk about coaching or if you just want to ask about the knee stuff, cause obviously I tore my meniscus, tw- had surgery on it twice, tore it technically three times and I've torn my ACL in that leg too. So my left knee has been like, <laughs> just through it. Yeah. And, I can't honestly. I can't believe it's doing so well. It's been through it's a lot. Good surgeon, but it really good surgeon. He yeah. actually works on some of the Seahawks. Yep. Um, but yeah, it just it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Nice. So simplify it, create a deficit, stay consistent, get some help. Yep. And well done on two hundred miles. It's fucking crazy, dude. Two hundred miles. It, I just looked it up. It's from Portland to Everett. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, Everett's a long drive. Yeah, it's only 170 from... Uh, so I was just talking to Shannon about Everett today because that's where my tattoo artist lives. Yeah. And if they close us down before tomorrow, <laughs> when I go get my tattoo, he's probably going to be like, yo, you want to come to my house? Because I know he's not gonna, he, he's not going to want to not tattoo me. Yeah. So I hope I don't have to drive to Everett. That's where I got married. So deep. But running there? <laughs> Fuck. I can't even imagine <laughs> From running, Portland. I can't even imagine running there from here. Yeah. Fuck, that is crazy. All right, cool. Uh, next question um, comes from Krovonk. Kro- no. Kronking. I can't even say this. Kronken <laughs> Fitness. Uh, why would you include long uh, eccentric parts in your workouts? Mm. Right now we're doing um, uh, a program that I would call... I think I'm, I called it in true coach, the ultimate athlete. And it's based off of two programs. Uh, one program I did was, uh, I want to say it's triphasic programming, triphasic training. I might be butchering that. It might be something else, but basically it was like, we have three focuses every week, eccentric, concentric, and isometric. So like one day would be slow eccentric. So you're going like anywhere between five to 10 second negatives. Like you saw us doing seven yep. second negatives, yeah. just fucking snail Brutal. pace slow. One day is isometrics. So we're doing, you can do this dynamic isometrics or you can do like full-blown isometrics. So in the past I did full-blown where it was like, all right, bottom of the squat, like mid-range. So you go all the way down, stop when there's like most tension, 
hold that for 40 seconds with a bar. Like, dude, just brutal. To the 40? point. Yeah, you need a spotter to get you up. Like, you, you're not squatting up. So brutal. Like, to the point where your legs are just fucking shaking. And it's funny because it, it would be me, Luca, Hugh, like a bunch of guys. And you're just, like, shaking. Everybody's laughing because you can see their legs just fucking going. Giving out. And they're like, keep going, <laughs> but laughing at you. And then you're, like, pissed. And then you watch them, so you laugh. But it was an intense program. And then the concentrics are slow concentrics. So come down. One, two, three. Like super slow on the way up, which is brutal too, especially on a squat or a bench press. And you just do the compound lifts. So um, that program influenced me a lot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, really mentally challenging more than anything. But it was a really good strength builder um, because it, it kind of like when you've reached plateaus, it's good to build strength in difficult ranges of motion, which is exactly what this does. Yeah. It, it, it maximizes your strength in each phase of every single movement pattern and it maximizes your tension in the most difficult parts of that range of motion. For sure. Um, and then the other program it's influenced by, and he asked this on Instagram based on my post about the program we're doing. Um, that's why I know what he's talking about. Uh, the other program it's based on is a program, I think it was called Jacked Athlete 31 or something like that. Mm. And it was from Christian Thibodeau, who I have known for years. I've learned from him live in person. I've learned from him on consultation calls. I've read his books. Like He's just somebody who has had a lot of influence on me from a programming perspective. And he does something similar. There's a eccentric day, a uh, dynamic isometric day. So that's what we did yesterday. It was mm. like squat down and it's like mid range, hold for five seconds, finish the rep. Next rep, hold for five seconds, finish the rep. So you do five reps. Yeah. Instead of one long pause, you're doing like short pauses, still five seconds, which is brutal, with a bar loaded in front, you know. Um and uh and then the third day is just absolute strength. So instead of concentric, slow concentrics, which I think of those three isometric, eccentric, and concentrics, I think the slow concentric is the least valuable out of those. Gotcha. But uh, and then it's absolute strength. So uh, I'm actually doing this today since I might be gone tomorrow, depending on the government shutting down everything um, uh, tomorrow or tomorrow normally. But today it would be uh, wave loading. So we'll do like six reps, four reps, two reps, and mm -hmm. then go back to six, four, two bench squat deadlift, like just heavy compound lifts. Yeah. Um, so and then he implements a lot of Olympic lifting in his, which is what we're not doing. But essentially what it is is three full body days where you're working on these different phases of the movements, different intensities. Um, it's just brutal. And it really challenges you mentally. And, it, and the, the reason we're doing it, two reasons. Number one, we want to get really efficient in the squat. Like I just want a great, big, strong squat. You know, So what do you do to get better at squatting? You squat a lot. Yeah. So we're squatting three times a week. Damn. Um, and then the other side of it is this is kind of how like jacked athletes train, you know, like yeah. we have a fourth day, which is pump work. So we'll come in on Saturday and do curls, face pulls, uh, leg extensions, like stuff that like you leave a few reps in the tank. It's not the hard, but you're just getting a pump, you know, yeah. work on some isolation stuff. But like, if you look at a, like a running back, who's just stacked, what's the guy that plays for Metcalf? Yeah. He's not a running back, but, no, um, he's a wide receiver. Yeah. He's the biggest wide receiver I've ever seen, by the way. He's huge. He absolutely is. He's huge. There's couples that you could argue with, but they don't play anymore. But oh yeah, my God. absolutely. I saw him. I was like, he's not wide receiver. <laughs> that yeah. a mess. But point being like that guy. Yeah. So like these jack, look, he's not a good bodybuilder because he's not proportional in certain areas, but a jacked athlete, huge traps, usually like small waist abs. They're lean, um, big hamstrings, big quads. Cause they're explosive. Um, and 
to get like that, how do those athletes train? You know, like they do heavy power cleans, they do heavy squats, they do conditioning. So for us, it's like, how do we mimic what they do? We're doing less volume than a bodybuilding program does. But when I squat, I'm using my glutes, my quads, a little bit of my hamstrings, a lot of my core, some of my upper back. So I'm incorporating so many muscles. When I bench press, I'm using a lot. When I deadlift, I'm using a lot. So we go, uh, day one was front squat, incline bench press, RDL, uh, chin up. Yeah. Yesterday was zercher squat, military press, uh, a different variation of RDL, and then a seated cable row. And then Friday's bench, it's a back squat, barbell bench, regular deadlift, and then um, I think it's a dumbbell row. But just big basic compound moves. And then the days in between, we're doing conditioning. So like really hard athletic-based conditioning. So for us, it's like (laughs) really what like inspired it was me and CJ had a conversation of like what our goal is, right? And I (laughs) I was kind of joking, but I was kind of serious. I was like, I want people to look at me and call me a freak. And he like laughed and he was like, actually, like, that's like hundred percent what I want. Like, I want people to be like, I, like Metcalf. Like yeah. you look at the guy, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And he's so athletic. So to yeah. me, it's like, I want, we want to be Jack, but we want to be athletic. This is how you mold that program. So why are we doing eccentrics within that? It's, it's one of, so eccentrics, we can argue that, you know, there is some research that shows more muscle damage occurs with eccentrics because the, that's literally the period of time where muscle fibers are breaking. Um, and we can also argue too, you can handle more load on eccentric. So if I'm doing eccentric on the incline, I can hand, like, I don't even need to worry about being able to press it up because CJ will spot me, yeah. you know? So you need a spotter to do these kind of things. But mainly it's because we're just like, the problem with the muscle damage thing is, is there's also some say that shows like muscle damage might not lead to uh, growth. It's the mechanical tension that creates muscle damage. But now it's like, what's the, you know, the chicken before the egg kind of mm. thing, which is a really, we really think about it as a weird thing, chicken before the egg. But. Or is it? Yeah. Do you get it? Like what came first? Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. I never thought about it. And the other which day somebody it? said it and I literally was like, man, that actually is a really good question. <laughs> All right. Does it make sense? <laughs> is it the egg or this chicken? <laughs> so weird. All right. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of <laughs> one of those things like, yeah, like maybe, maybe not. But for us, it's like. Over the next 12 weeks, we're working on all the functional characteristics of a jacked athlete. Jacked athlete has great posture with a big upper back. He can carry heavy loads. He has a strong core. He's well conditioned. Um, He has a big squat bench and deadlift. You know, like we're sprinting every week. Like we're doing all the things that that athlete can do. And one of those things is you need to be able to absorb force, which is eccentric loading. So, um, yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of benefits. I think if you're if you're like, oh, I don't want to do that whole program. Um, which it will be in the Taylor trainer soon. We're going to add it in there. But I think the best thing for most people to do is, is add eccentric training in when a, you want something that's mentally challenging. B, you definitely have a spot with you or C, you're at a strength plateau. You're like, yeah. I just can't build my PR on the bench, you know? And at that point it's like, okay, add, add some negatives in there. And, and it usually will help because when you can handle like, so I can lower more weight than I can press neurologically speaking, when I get comfortable holding that much weight in my hands over my chest, like it will boost up your lifts. Totally. So, all right, that was it. Um, we, you want to remind about the Taylor Tanner black Friday next week? Yes. Uh, cause this goes, goes out on. next Friday. So okay, it'll so be a yeah. week away. Um, Taylor trainer, uh, and especially right now, like by, by now we'll know, I know some gyms are already closing. So some of you guys might be seeing gyms closed. Um, we do have a dumbbells only. We have a bands only. 
uh, I'm sorry, we have a minimal equipment, so dumbbells and bands. Yep. And we have a bands only, and then we have a body weight only. So we have three different at-home programs that you can use. Um, it's uh, it's less than two dollars a day. It's dirt cheap, and it's all delivered to you through an app. So it's basically like your programs are done for you. Um, and we're updating all the at-home ones uh, this week. So by the time you hear this, they'll be updated. And there's going to be new stuff in there for that. Um, and then obviously, if you have a garage gym, we have a program for that. If you work yeah. out across the gym, we have a program for that. If you work out in a global gym still. We have a program for that. So we have multiple many, programs. Many programs. Yeah, for all those. Um, so if you want in, uh, Black Friday is going to be the best opportunity to get it uh, until next Black Friday. <laughs> like yeah. So like, because we, we don't do sales like this. So it's a paid in full. Um, you get a huge discount on a full year of programming. And the way I'm setting it up is, um, I, I'm still working on this because it takes a long time. But by the time you even get to that point, it'll be done way before that. You as in the listener. But I'm making every program be able to run for 12 months. So that way, like you're like, I want to do four day performance bodybuilding. I want to do four day conjugate male or female. I want to do five day performance bodybuilding. I want to do six day push pull legs. Like whatever your thing is that works for your schedule and your goals. I want to make it so you could literally follow that for the whole year. And the changes that need to happen inside your programming throughout the year are already in there. So there might be a time where you're deloading. It's in there. There might be a time where we switch volumes. It's in there, right? There might be a time where you need to change lifts. It's in there. Um, and it's all done periodized for you. So that way, like, I, cause my thought process of it is like, I want people to literally pull out their phone and be like, I know for the next year, if I walk in the gym, Cody has what I need to do on, on my phone. I don't have to do anything. Yep. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to think about anything. Um, so yeah, black Friday sale, check that out. There's a link in the show notes of this podcast. That's it. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomperformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at BoomBoomPerformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here, and I'll see you next time.